The Introvert's Edge podcast was designed to create a dialogue around introversion, to stimulate a discussion around our disadvantages, how we overcome those disadvantages, and what we consider our introvert's edge. Together, we're finally going to confront the stigma around introversion, showing that we're not second-class citizens. We're just different, and we need to embrace that. Hello everyone and welcome back to The Introvert's Edge and I've been speaking with Jason Cohen of WP Engine who is the founder and CTO uh, of a, a company that's taking the world by storm in, in WordPress hosting. And he's been sharing some amazing value about how he validated his idea and really tested with real people and wasn't afraid to get told no. As a matter of fact, was happy to get told no on a few ideas that saved him a lot of heartache. But to that, now we're going to really go into depth. And I asked Jason to, to really think about some of the strategies that as he was growing this really successful enterprise, that as an introvert, perhaps he struggled with and some of the strategies he used to, uh, to overcome some of those hurdles and obviously obtain a successful outcome. And Jason, as a lot of introverts love to prepare, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to really just turn it over to you, Jason. Thank you very much again for, for joining me on, on this episode. Sure. And look, I really appreciate you taking the time to really think about the strategies that you feel would really benefit introverts. So I'd love it if, if you just share those so we make sure that we get all of those out because that's really what the introverts are, are watching this show for. Yeah. Well, I think, I think this, the single overarching uh, message I would say is I, I feel like introverts assume being introverted is bad and what they need to do is get over it or push through it or something like no one thinks they're going to turn into an actual genuine extrovert no, no one thinks that but you should try to be more extroverted because it's better and uh, so so like to me the biggest message is that is not true definitely <laughs> I couldn't agree with it's you not more. true uh, th there's different so I, I would put it this way because um, obviously being introversion and extroversion is a dimension of a multi-dimensional thing of people's skill sets personalities strengths and weaknesses, whatever you want to say, right? It's, it's obviously one thingy. So of all these thingies, there's something that's true. Um, and you can see it in, in diets. There's diets, fads have been going on forever. They're all different. One says only carbs, no carbs. One says all fat, no fat. They're, well, we they're talk everywhere. about that introverts and are like 40 to 60%. What happens is some diets work for pe some people. That's it. And some don't. And one person swears by it, and the other person, da, 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 and like, that's how diets work. It's, they're just like, maybe they'll work. It depends on the person. And um, so that's how advice is on the internet, whether it's about introversion, whether it's about other stuff. If there, you, you can always find someone that says, oh yeah, you gotta do X, X is very important, and then someone else will say, actually the opposite, X is uh, either not important or actually you should do the opposite of X. <laughs> and let me prove it with this story of success with doing not X. Yeah. And that is true of everything. Introversion, extroversion, da 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 da. And so what that tells you is, um, it's not about like introversion is bad or good or extroversion is bad or good. It's, oh, I need to understand who I am. And then I need to find whether it's techniques or advice or career paths or whatever, which match me. Because there isn't a right wrong, there, but there is a mismatch. There is such a thing as saying, um, I'm going to be an event planner and introverted. That's probably a mismatch because it's hard to be both of those, but that doesn't mean one's bad or right. It means like, oh, that's just not, like of the huge universe of stuff that, that is right for you, that, I mean, of course, 100% of all jobs or all career paths or all things, of course, 100% is not right for you. That's silly. So the only question is which one is right and not like, oh, I'm bad because 
because event planning isn't one of them. Like that, that doesn't make any sense. Of course there's all these people. Uh, and that's why it's great to have, like at WP Engine, we really value diversity. And this is part of why we value diversity, because there's all this different stuff, and it all needs to be done. Someone needs to be a great event planner, and someone needs to be great at diving into some weird bug for eight hours and emerging with a fix. Like, we need both of those things, Definitely. and it's going to take very different people to do it. It, it. Exactly. That's why you need a whole bunch of people. That's not why you want everyone to be switching around and doing all those things. That's silly. So once you realize, like, oh, introversion isn't bad, it's a proclivity, it's a direction, it's a strength for certain things, and it's a weakness for certain things, so I should, des I should design my life around doing things in which it's a strength. Not 100%, because the world isn't so binary, but generally speaking, like the thrust of it should be. Definitely. So there's lots of things like that, and certainly in CEOs or founders or both, you find this wide variety of introverts and extroverts. So clearly, that being CEO or being founder is not one of the things that being an introvert says you can or can't do, but there probably is things that are consistent or inconsistent with that. And that is the key, to find the advice and the things that is consistent with that. So, um, so for example, uh, uh, a lot of introverts want to have a business where they make the most money, but not the most employees. Perfect. So that means you want a small business with maximum profit. And there's all kinds of things that can come from that, like, well, uh, what kinds of products work that way and which don't. So for example, something that requires a big call center is not gonna fit. And again, that doesn't mean your, your business is good or bad. <laughs> That's not the point. The point is you're trying to make something that fits and, and so, so it can't require that. So maybe it's a product that has no tech support, maybe zero tech support. Okay, well that, that turns into a certain kind of product. Don't worry, Google doesn't have to export either. It doesn't stop you from doing like all sorts of things. It's just one of those things. And you can start putting up these restrictions. and. I'm good at writing code or I'm good at design, but not this. Ba, 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 ba. Okay, well, then it needs to be a product where the thing you're good at is important. Yeah. <laughs> so, for example, um, I'm terrible at design, but SmartBear and IT Watchdogs, my, my previous two companies, absolutely did not need to be designed, have beautiful design. In fact, at IT Watchdogs, our website was so hideous, it had broken images like in the homepage. Oh, gosh. That's how crappy it was. It made millions of dollars a year with broken images on the homepage. So clearly design was not important for that particular company. Exactly. And again, that doesn't, that's not trying to say design is or isn't important at all. Or it's not saying any of that. It's just saying, oh, well, what kind of business works with the things that, the constraints that I have? So by being, first of all, introspective and honest about these are my strengths, these are my proclivities and whatever, okay, well, then that, those become constraints. What kind of business, what kind of product, what kind of market, what kind of customer should I, should I be targeting? Um, also, what advice should I actually listen to? There are books, there are bloggers, there's people like you and me who tell people what to do. Right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that's fine. But again, with these constraints in mind, you can think, okay, well, I'm going to find those few gurus or mentors or advice givers that match me. Not because the other ones are wrong and you know, or smarter. It's not that. They match me. If they match me, then, then maybe a lot of those techniques will be right for me. Perfect. So that's my goal is to find the ones that match me. So that's, that's like, I mean, that's just not just introversion. That's just in general, that's the idea. So then you can start asking like, well, when, when is introversion good? <laughs> so for example, one is uh, you can go deep on something, on content, and that could be building a product, writing code, designing something, art, uh, writing, uh, words, like I mean, content or, or going deep on a thing. Physics, you can go deep on physics. There's a lot of things that you can go deep on. That's, yeah. you know, that, that could, that's pretty broad. Because an extrovert derives energy from being with people and interacting. 
Whereas an introvert derives energy from not doing that, thus focusing on something. That means you can focus and go deep. Amazing. So focus and go deep. That's one thing. Another thing is uh, a person who is introverted, people can often tell. Oh, you're nervous. You're awkward. You're this, you're that. It's often obvious, right, to others. So uh, someone who is deep on something but is nervous and awkward is often called like a geek or a dork or something. Like that's, these are words we use for that, right? Yeah. That is super endearing. Like the truth is, most people love that crazy, kind of crazy, a little awkward, but s- deep, smart, on a t- one topic person. I'm happy to be it's crazy. Great, yeah. right? Like if you think about characters in a movie that people like, a lot of times they're that actually. Sometimes it's Han Solo. Okay, fine. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. But uh, sometimes it's the, it's the, the geek thing works too, right? In a lot of ways. Uh, and so that's, an, that's actually a good thing. That's an endearing quality to be nervous and awkward with people, but deep on something. Um, so that's a, you can use that. Um, or another example on stage, for example, uh, some people conflate being on stage with being extroverted. <clears throat> it's not true at all. Lights go on, can't see anything. You're alone. You're very alone on stage, actually. That's a very lonely place. Everyone's looking at you and so on. Um, Nevertheless, you know, uh, the, I remember talking to someone once who was going on stage at Business of Software, which is a big, well-known conference. You know, people like Seth Godin geek at it, you know, that. And uh, this person, I won't say who it is, but they were nervous. They were throwing up the oh, night wow. before, kind of nervous, so legitimately nervous. I said, listen, this is what you should do. You go on stage, and the first thing you say is, I'm really nervous. I was throwing up all night. Say that. Everybody would just naturally warm to him, wouldn't of they? Of course. You think someone's going to go, well, then you suck. Like, is really, <laughs> that's the reaction? Of course not. You're like, what? Oh, my, no. Of course everyone's rooting for you. This isn't, you know, what, what kind of environment do you think this is? Yeah, definitely. Everyone's rooting for you. It's just when you're vulnerable, Yeah, when you say the truth and you're vulnerable, that's a magical moment. And suddenly you win the room. And then guess what? So then you're awkward and you stumble over a word here and you da-da-da-da and you lose your place there with the slides. Guess what the whole room thinks? Oh, it's okay. Hey, it's fine. Just move on. No one's worried about it. In fact, they're encouraging. That's what they're doing. You've just dispelled and won over the whole room and not because you're an extrovert. Just, you just told the truth and were vulnerable. That's all you did. So as an introvert, you can just do this anytime. So you're in an interaction or at a party or in a meeting or any, whatever interaction it is that you don't like, <laughs> that it's, it's hard, you're, you're, you're repelled, repulsed, it's hard to get the energy, etc. all those things that, that you, you would say. So what do you do? Use this technique. You know, it's, this is hard for me because I'm actually an introvert, so this, I like, it's taking me a lot of energy just to sit here and look at you in the eye right now, as weird as that sounds. Yeah. Also, I'm the CEO of this business. That's crazy. That's awesome. That's that is a great yeah. way to start. Like now boom. I'm, now I'm trying to help you get yeah. through it. Yeah. Now does that mean now I'm an extrovert? No. no. Does that mean it's easy and, and and I have all the energy in the world for it? No, it doesn't. It's not like you're quote unquote solving. And again, that's you're, you should never think of it as solving a, a problem. What you've done though is you've won over the other person, not by a trick, but actually by the reverse, by being honest to the, a good reason, a relation, a real relationship reason, by being honest and vulnerable. So it's an easy technique. Uh, at least easy to say. Maybe you have well, to get, get the nerve to do we're it. We're always worried about being vulnerable, though. And yeah. I think the biggest leap for me is when I realized that the more vulnerable I was, the more people respected me, wanted yes. to work with me, and, yes. and loved, doing, loved being involved in things that I was doing. It's a magic trick that always works. And by the way, 
let's suppose you run, I say always, that's a big word. All right, fine. So let's say you run into the person and you tell that to, and they use it against you or it's bad. Uh, like, first of all, that's kind of weird to think about because most people wouldn't do that. Yeah. But okay, this is great because you, they just failed the test. You just never want anything to do with that person. And now you know that. Great. You've learned something. Like, don't, don't work with that person. Don't do anything with that person. Like, you're, they're wrong. You are right. Run away. That's fine. Yeah, <laughs> but I, how many people are going to do that? It's rare. I couldn't agree with you more on this. This is a really powerful conversation because when I first started speaking from stage, I, I have a really poor reading speed. So when I put slides up and I have to go with slides, I'm always freaking out like I'm going to miss a word. Yeah. And because I'm introverted, if I make a mistake, it freaks me out. And so then I pause. So I started telling people that I have a really slow wit reading speed in my speech and that I'm introverted. And as soon as I did that, everything changed. It's like Every, the, everybody's facial expressions were relaxed. It wasn't, what's this kid got to teach me? It's, oh, this kid's obviously really good if they're going to get him to speak, even though he's not a professional speaker, and I'm really open to hearing it. And I, I, all of a sudden, I stopped making mistakes. Because <laughs> you're, you're less nervous. It was just empowering for me. So I, th I think that's incredible advice. And I want to swap, though, to another, another topic, because one of the, the really impressive things that I noted about you when I, I saw you speak at Small Business Festival and... You're a, a person that built a business from the ground up. You got it to, a, you know, a sizable number of staff. I mean, 50 to 70 people is, you know, no small feat. And then you moved into the CTO role. And a lot of people would say, well, maybe it's because he was an introvert that he picked that role. And then other people would say, well, perhaps he should have pushed through to become the CEO of his own company. This was a real logical decision. It had nothing to do with introversion. No. But I think a lot of people would evoke, let their introversion play a part in making that decision. So I'd love it for you to share how you, went, how you made that call and why it was so important the way you made that decision. Yeah. Well, everybody and, uh, deserves um, to be fulfilled at work. That's just something we, we, should, we should want for everybody, right? We should strive for it. And if you're a CEO or a founder, shouldn't you want that for all your employees? Um, but it also includes yourself, right? And so what does that mean? So it generally means that you are in a position of strength. Sure, you're growing, and, and, and growing means you're not good at it yet. Like, that's what growth is. Yeah. But fundamentally starting in a place of strength um, and enjoying the work, more or less. You can't enjoy every day, but like, there's enjoyable, fulfilling parts. And the company needs it. This is a role that, that the company desperately needs uh, because it drives important things. Yeah. Um, so... The intersection of that is, is where people uh, don't burn out and they're excited to be there, it's fulfilling, it's all the good things. Um, so I'm a great CEO when the company is small, like under 50 people, under 80 people, something in that zone. Um, if only introversion ruled the day, then 50 would be too many, wouldn't it? Definitely, yeah. <laughs> you know? 20 would be too many. <laughs> 20 might be too many, right? So this is not just an introversion thing, although an introvert may say, I don't want, you know. So, uh, but rather, the job description of the CEO does morph with the scale of the business. And so, um, so around that size, you could argue what the breaking point is, it probably depends on the company, but somewhere in that 50 to 80 zone, things change. You start to have departments where there, there wasn't the, you start to have uh, quote-unquote real executives, by which I mean people that have the experience to um, build out and evolve and improve whole departments, not just 
well, I was great at AdWords, so I could tell someone else how to be good at AdWords, so I'm a manager. That's not, that's not saying, like, we have to have a strategy around brand, around marketing. How does that evolve over the next several years? How do we go from having five people in marketing to 50? Or how do we evolve from having 12 really smart people in engineering who, can, who pretty much just communicate by themselves and get things done, and 100 people, and each of whom have different goals they're trying to hit and need to focus on those goals because it's so hard that you, you have to do that. You can't just be a, 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 in touching everything. It's too much stuff. Yeah. You have to focus and, and be better at it. You need specialists. How does that evolve? Um, how do you organize those different things? How do they communicate? Just, just It goes on and on. And that's, that's just a fragment of what it means to be an executive over a department. So, for example, those folks which make which which would be harmful early on because they need people to work with, yeah. are become required to not have chaos. Yeah. And there's companies that have tried to get away with not having that, and they've all failed. Uh, Holacracy, but it failed. Uh, the blue or teal organization that failed. Medium tried it, it failed. Uh, you know, th- actually, th- it, it has tended to fail. So, yeah. I'm not saying that that the typical bureaucracy is good either. And and I do like the idea of um, innovating in the field of how many people, many humans can work together to a common goal is a great idea. But fundamentally, this, is, this seems like it's, uh, it's, a pretty, it's pretty important <laughs> so far. Anyway, uh, so hiring and managing that team, who, each, each of which is obviously much more expert and, and uh, experienced than you are in that area. How do you even interview for that? Then how do you hold them to account and so forth? How do you push the right amount and not too much? Um, how do you, uh, the, the, in our case, we also had a board of directors because we did take funding after two years. We were bootstrapped for a while, but then we decided to change course and, and, and take money. So we had a board, and, and as the company, again, grows, the company, the, the board generally evolves and gets to be more complex and, and be doing more things, like think about compensation, thinking about auditing, like there's just stuff that just gets complicated. Yeah. Um, so you either look at all that and say, and, and I'm not even listing all the bullet points. These are just examples of bullet points that, that emerge yeah. uh, uh, as you start to scale that don't exist and shouldn't exist early on, right? To be a distraction. So uh, you either look at that kind of stuff and go, gosh, that sounds great. Or you think, what? Like organizing board members? No, I want to think about product strategy and, and technical architecture and, and maybe even talk to customers. Even if you're introverted, you may still enjoy at times, in the right context, talking to a customer, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, and so, you know, for me, th- those things are not in, not an area of interest or expertise. Yeah. <laughs> so then I'm exactly the wrong person to do that because I'll I'll not like it and burn out anyway. You're not doing a good job. The company needs somebody to do a good job at that, right? Um, so. Uh, so I'm condensing like four months of, of figuring things out and struggle, and there's other frameworks I could give you to, to, to work on exactly how do I know this and how do I design, who do I hire, what should I be doing if not this? Like the, I, I could share more about how I wrote the, the, arrived at the details. Yeah. But in general, that is just a life thing. <laughs> that, 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 you know, that should be true of people. And if you're a manager anywhere, uh, like that, that's also what you should want for your folks so that they're energized. And, and, and working hard, but li- loving it, both. Yeah. Uh, not working hard because you're flogging them, but working hard because they love it. Oh, that's perfect. That's, everyone wins. Definitely. definitely. I, I think that's really important for people to know because I think when we're, a lot of people talk about, well, I want to I create a successful enterprise and then I want to get out of it as quickly. And it's, but it's about, I don't, wa- don't want to be the face. I want to get out of that. You really stayed in your business until you felt 
that you weren't the next, you weren't the right person to be in that position and then stepped away. But it was, it was a logical process based on what would add value to the company. Um, and I think that's really important for people to know. And, you know, I, I think the, the, the team, you know, I'm a WP Engine customer myself, I think the team does an amazing service and, and everything they do just works so well. And you, just, and you have a lot of time now, though, you know, I, I, you know, getting to come and do interviews like this and speaking on stage and things like that where you still push yourself to do those sorts of things. But you also get to do you, you get to work in a business in a way you want to work in the business, and I think that's really important as well. Well, what is the point of starting a business? It's to create a lifestyle that you enjoy. So if you hate going to work, then you haven't done that. There's no point. You might as well go, if you, as long as you hate going to work and you resent it or you don't like it or it drains you, you might as well do that at a place where you can actually get away with a lot less work and get a nice paycheck. <laughs> like, exactly. What, what's the point? So yeah, the point, the point is to build, the, uh, in some sense, that kind of, uh, life that's more um, designed around you, which again can be all of it, just any number of things. It's part of the the, the goodness of it, right? Uh, the, but so you kind of have to, or you sort of owe it to yourself. Like if you're going to do all this nonsense and put all this time and energy into it, and you know, take all this risk and everything, how in the hell are you going to do that and then arrive five years after five years of toil, yeah. resenting what you do? Like that's it's crazy. It happens constantly. By the way, it's not even crazy. It's the most common outcome. Because people kind of feel like they owe it to themselves or they deserve to be in that role. Do you think that's what keeps people? No, I think what happens is uh, you spend all of your time, again, just trying to build the company and trying not to die. Just trying to get that, other, that next subscriber and the advertiser or sell the product, sell the service, the hours, whatever it is. You're just trying to make a dang living. Yeah. And that takes a long time. Like, companies take a long time to build. And then, you know, the problems change and so you, then you have the other problems. And, and, you don't take a step back and say, um, um, do I like any of this? And by the way, most of this stuff is pain. That, I mean, and, and it should be. In other words, let's say you're in a band. Bands are cool. Right, but the, being in a band is 95% crap. We're practicing, <laughs> we're lugging, we're traveling, it's boring, the, the, we're not getting paid enough. Like 95, maybe more percent of your time is shit. But it's worth it for that five that five percent of the time it's on stage. That's absolutely like unmatchable by any other experience. So it's worth it. So that's not uncommon in life. That it's ninety five percent work, five percent amazing. So startups are, and that's okay. But man, it, like a lot of people don't even you know you're in the ninety five percent and you know that. And so by the time you look back after five years, even if you're successful in the kinds of metrics like revenue or better yet uh, profits that you're taking home you know these kind of metrics of like wow I've got a business it's a real business I'm making good money better than I could make if I had a regular job I'm I'm in command which is fun you know I have the ego to that and all these other things you want out of it so you've done it which by the way super rare but okay let's suppose you've got it but you're, if you're still in that 95% zone then that means I guess except most of your life is spent some, doing something you don't like to make that change. What the hell is that? That's what, what did you do it for? What did you do it for? Yeah. But it's also tricky and, and emotionally difficult to then deal with it. So, for example, you go, well, okay, I'll leave. And I'll sell the business too. But it's your baby. But it's your baby. Oh, well, I'll sell it. Then I'll get a big lump of money. Great, perfect. Now you're not doing all the stuff you hate. You can do anything you want. And you have money. Super successful. But what's the most common emotion after someone sells successfully? What am I even doing with it's, my life? It's depression. Yeah. And there was a study about this that Columbia Business School did, and it's specifically postpartum depression. Wow. It's the kind of depression that women often get after having a kid, or directly after having a kid. That sort of depression. 
Terrific, which would lead to perhaps spending or poor behaviour. It can lead to a number of things. number of things, including, well, I guess I have to start another one just to get back to which Back to doing the, the 95% <laughs> slog instead of just stepping into a role that you do enjoy. See, this is a bad situation, even when you got money in the bank and all this other yeah, good stuff. And then that money in the bank scenario, like that's the one out of 20, one out of 50 scenario. The most likely thing is all the toil and not the good stuff at the end as well. Oh no. So that tells us that we have to, under, we have to be solving for the, the, the weeks that we are living now. Yeah. This is what we have to be solving for. And that doesn't mean we're happy every day and every second. Of course, that's not what that means. But we should be asking the question, what would make me, what puts me in that place that has, where, where I'm deriving energy instead of expending it? Um, and what kind of business might that be? And is that still happening? And does that, does that change? Have I changed? Has the business changed, et cetera? So you have to keep asking that question. And it's, it, you, know, you can't just solve it. That's not the case. But if you're not asking it and trying to wend your way to it, then, then of course, by chance, you will not by chance hit that right sweet spot. That is not how that works. Uh, look, I, I think that's great advice because it's about making those logical choices, that real evaluation to make sure that you're happy now and you're setting yourself up for happiness in the future. I think, I think that's amazingly important. Jason, you've given so much value today. I, I really do appreciate it. I, I have to ask you one last question because I ask all, all my great introverted guests. Okay. What do you consider, of all the skill sets that you have in your abilities, what do you consider your introvert's edge? I think I th I think I would go back to the fact that uh, that the the obsessed, uh, genuinely expert introvert that's you know awkward in these other ways or has these other characteristics is successful and can be and and, and is endearing and that you can interact with the world in that manner and because you're the expert in the area or because you're obsessed with the area you can do great things where people who are not as devoted or won't put in the time, or are more interested in what things look like, or how you know their relationships yeah. than they are in, in focusing on this thing. Um, they don't tend to be the ones that have the incredible uh, physics um, uh, discovery, or the 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 the, 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 the genuinely brand new product thing, or whatever. They're they're not the those are not the ones who do it. So I think the edge is, in a funny way, the freedom to not need to be out there messing about with other people that's not obsessing about a thing and not creating a thing. Yeah. That's a weakness, you could say. Yeah, it, I, a perspective. I agree. It's a weakness. So the edge is, well, you're, you feel terrible if you're not doing all this stuff. I'm spending all that time and focus and energy doubling down into, this, into some area that I'm going to be among the best in the world in. And here's the worst part. The fact that I'm bad at all that, they love it. It's endearing. So I get to have this, and they still love me. <laughs> I don't need to be able to be good at that. No one cares if I'm good at that or not, actually, because it's endearing to be that geek. And Just so because that's you're the honest edge. about it. Just because you're honest with it. You're honest, and it. you are good at something. You know, you have worked at something. I mean, presumably you've worked at something, right? <laughs> you know, something like that. So I, I didn't even need to be good at that. At the end of the day, I get the love and the whatever anyway because they like the geek that does that. So ha, 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 I get all of it. That's the edge. Right. Mate, that... that. <laughs> There's a reason why you are where you are today, mate. No, look, I've really enjoyed sharing this time with you, mate. Thank you so much for giving so much value to all the, all the introverted listeners out there today. You bet. 
and thank you everyone for joining us for another episode of the Introverts Edge. Again, if you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, post a review, share it with your introverted buddies so that they too can start benefiting from this value so they can start becoming more successful as introverts in their business and in their lives. Thank you again for joining us and I look forward to seeing you in the next one. Cheers. I'm Matthew Pollard, the author of The Introvert's Edge to Networking. I'm on a mission to help introverts to be proud of who we are. For the first time, you'll learn a process for networking that feels comfortable and authentic to you as an introvert. A process that doesn't feel salesy or awkward in any way. I saw at least half of my board members, three in particular that I can think of, that now are so comfortable in literally going up to people at events, all of a sudden I can see the confidence. Most of the networking books and literature out there really focus on hardcore tactics designed for extroverts. As introverts, we're different and we need to embrace that. We need a system that allows us to channel our natural introverted strengths into the networking room. You will learn how to be successful at face-to-face -face networking and a masterful online networker on your terms. It's beautifully written and it provides tremendous value. So I, I, I am honored to, to say, folks, if you haven't looked at the book, you really need to check out this guy's book. It's, it's excellent. It gives you that confidence to truly be yourself, knowing that you're going to be presenting yourself in a way that is authentic and will also really resonate with the person that you're talking with. One of the things you'll love about the Introvert's Edge to networking is it's jam-packed full of more than 20 stories of introverts just like you. People that have likely started in much tougher spots than where you are right now and how they've leveraged the strategies that you'll be learning to obtain phenomenal career and small business success. I was about to give up on my business. The results started coming in right away. In fact, a year later, the Chamber of Commerce awarded me the business of the year. <laughs> you need to go read his book because everything he does is what people need whether they're an introvert or not. I've been fortunate to receive endorsements from some exceptional introverts like Neil Patel and Ivan Meisner, the founder of the world's largest networking group, BNI. What I love about the Introvert's Edge is that it talks about the things that make an introvert successful. The Introvert's Edge to Networking is going to destroy all of the barriers that you have around whether success in networking is possible for you. Now I'm up to kind of five figures, you know, triple my prices or more. It was like the deals just kept coming in and coming in and it, I mean, it was incredible. Like I had never seen anything like it before. I was able to triple my revenue and that's happened within six months. We've gone from 10 million a year to 20 million a year. I wrote The Introvert's Edge to networking after the success of the first in the Introvert's Edge series, which focused on sales. I decided that it was just as important, perhaps even more so, that we had a networking book that was designed to help us as introverts dominate in the networking room and in online networking that was specifically written for us. So if you're an introvert, don't delay. Head to theintrovertsedge.com forward slash networking to get access to the first chapter of my new book completely for free today.